morning, good morning, good morning to you all, great to see you, father of five and mother of five are going to do a great job on Thursday, will be very special, so do get your questions in and, uh, and listen to what they have to say, they've got lots of wisdom in that area of parenting. Just a quick update on the building fund and why are we still taking up and offering what's happening well we are just waiting for God to bring the right property to us and uh, trying to this is echoing a bit but I'm sure that uh, Guru is on the program there but um, we are just waiting for God to bring the right opportunity to us and we don't want to rush into something that is not right for us so we, are, we continue to look continue to put our feelers out continue to see what God's got for us um, we continue to speak to Prasa and kind of trusting for this space and what that looks like going forward. Obviously, that uh, that's really is, would be amazing. But uh, the reason why we continue to take up an offering is we want to be ready when the opportunity comes to be able to move quickly. So um, we want to kind of be geared up and ready. So let's continue to pray with us, continue to give and contribute with us as we trust God for what the future looks like in terms of buildings and all those sorts of things for us. Um, irrespective of what happens in this place here, whether we, whether we get to conference out of here and ongoingly for the next 10 or 15 years, whatever they give us a lease for, um, or whether or not, we're still going to need a place. We need a home away from here so that this can run and, we can, and that can sustain itself. That's what conferencing will do. It will sustain this building, um, even though the rentals and that will be quite significant. And uh, well, then we get to use it and kind of we get to use it as a church. But, um, and if not, we're still going to need somewhere. So, so really are trusting God for that and looking for the wisdom of God on that. So please do just continue to pray with, continue to put, keep your ears and eyes out looking for us, please. And if something comes up, please let us know. Um, uh, around what, what could be out there. So looking forward to that, seeing what God's going to do with that as God continues to increase us in that area so that we're ready to take the opportunity. So that is, that is the plan um, around the building fund. What I have realized, though, is that we are going to continue to get on with what God's called us to do, which is actually not buildings. Buildings are things that house, are tools for the task, what, we, what God called us to do is people, is to do with people. It's the kingdom of God coming in the lives of people's hearts and seeing their lives being transformed by the love of Jesus. And so we're going to continue to do that with all our hearts and all our strength and all our minds as we walk with Jesus and trust for God to fill out all the, the bits and pieces that we need because we need tools for the task. But, uh, but that's not the focus and the vision of what we're doing. So... Um, Really trusting God for all that stuff to come into place, but let's keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus and the kingdom. King and the kingdom is the main thing. And so that's why we're going to get into the next couple of weeks. We want to talk about fruitfulness, what it means to be fruitful. And uh, really, this was born out of uh, uh, God speaking to us at the end of last year out of Isaiah 54. And this really is a, is a significant passage for us, I think, as a church. I think it's probably a significant passage for us as a church in South Africa, really. But I think for us as a church, Glenridge Church, 
This is a big passage for us because I feel like last year we turned 40, so like we won again. Like 40 is done and we like won again and now it's time to head out and start doing our thing. But this passage out of Isaiah 54 is a passage about fruitfulness. And that's why we thought actually to do some, some, just let God massage our hearts around what it means to be fruitful in the kingdom. It is, a, it is a wonderful thing to understand this about fruitfulness, is that actually fruitfulness is something that God expects and empowers us to be. Right in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he says to Adam and to Eve, he says, be fruitful, be fruitful. First of all, he says, he blesses them and he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. It's like this mandate, this cultural mandate that they carry to be fruitful. So my life becomes fruitful. The reason why trees are fruitful is to multiply. The fruit carries the seed. And the fruit is sweet because animals like to eat sweet fruit. And when animals eat sweet fruit, sweet fruit gets, the, the seed of that fruit gets disseminated wherever the animals are. And so the point of being fruitful is actually to see the kingdom come. The point of being fruitful is to multiply the kingdom life. And really that's what fruitfulness is. Fruitfulness is the life of God in its various forms flowing and and moving in and through our lives. Fruitfulness is productive kingdom life. Fruitfulness is... Is, is kind of this, that's what the Bible calls fruitfulness, productive kingdom life. It's, it's just life, life and life abundant, Zoe life. And we are the conduits of that fruitful life of God. So God forms us and shapes us so that we can be those conduits of life. So what does it mean to be fruitful? It means to bring life. And where there's life, abundant life, things happen, life grows, things change, environments start getting created, ecosystems start to move, all those sorts of things happen. So, let's have a look at Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. This is what it says. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, Burst into song, shout for joy. You who are never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. 
The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. It's a magnificent passage of Scripture right through the chapter. I want to stop there just for the sake of time. But the context here is Israel has been deserted by God. And in fact, in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8, it says, I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce and sent her away because she was an adulteress. God divorces Israel because of her unfaithfulness. And so now you have this barren woman. He uses this image of a barren woman who can't conceive because she's got no life in her. And the reason why she's got no life in her is because she's got no God life. She's not connected to God. She hasn't got a husband, so she can't receive life. So this is the context, and he speaks to Israel, and he looks at her, a barren woman, who can't conceive. And barrenness in those days was shameful. In fact, if you knew that a woman was barren and couldn't conceive, you would never get married to her. Because children in those days was, was you carrying on your family name, which meant your name would stop. But it was more than that. It was meant children were those that were going to look after you. It was the generations that were going to come. It meant your well-being in your old age. And so you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't want to get married to a barren woman. And so it was shameful. She was going to be left by herself. In the case of this shameful woman, it was not just that she was barren, it was actually she was sinful and an adulteress as well. And God comes to her. The Redeemer comes to her. In Isaiah 54, and he says to her, sing, barren woman. Barren woman, I want you to begin to sing. I want you to begin to shout for joy. I want you to begin to praise. I want you to begin to declare life. Because more are the children of the desolate woman, of the barren woman, than of her who has a husband. Now that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? This is what I mean, Israel. I'm going to be your husband. And when the maker becomes your husband, when the Holy One of Israel becomes your redeemer, you will be so fruitful you will not, not want, you do, will not know what to do with your family and your children. And so this is a passage of, a, of incredible fruitfulness bursting into this woman's life, into Israel's togetherness. And God is wanting to do something with us over this time. And it goes on to talk about if you have a look at the, the verses there, 
He says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch wide your tent curtains. So enlarging and stretching. For us to be, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to start to sing. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to start to prepare for the increase, which is enlarging and stretching. And then the th- next thing you've got to do is you've got to lengthen and you've got to strengthen. So when fruitfulness, when God says fruitfulness, we live in a life where we continually start to sing and praise. And remember this, we don't praise because we're fruitful. We begin to praise before we're fruitful. That's what faith means. It means we get before God and we say, God, you are speaking. You are the fruitful one. You're the maker of heaven and earth. You're the maker of all creation. You're the redeemer. You're the holy one of Israel. And by the blood of Jesus, you are sufficient for all of us. You've taken up all our weaknesses. You've covered over all our sin. We are now married to you. We are the bride of Christ, married to him. And we are caused to be fruitful. And no matter where we are on the spectrum of fruitfulness, we begin to declare praises to him. We begin to shout for joy, begin to praise, begin to worship. In the midst of the barrenness, in the midst of wherever we are, you might not be barren, God might be just calling you to more fruitfulness. But wherever we are on the spectrum, God says, begin to sing for, for the more of what you need in God, for his promises over your life. You begin to sing, you begin to worship. This thing of fruitfulness, friends. So I want to look at those three things. But before I, before I get there, I just want to, I want to kind of put this idea of fruitfulness kind of better down a little bit more. If you think of your life as a field, because fruitfulness is a kind of an agricultural term. So think of your life as a field. And what happens is that field is barren. But when it gets the seed of the Holy One, when Jesus comes into your life, suddenly that's, that field explodes back into life and life potential. Suddenly it becomes fertile again. And fruitfulness, us coming into greater fruitfulness is us learning to walk with him and work with him so that we can cultivate the field of our lives so that the seed of Jesus can bear the fruit it was meant to be in our lives. Friends, we, if you know Jesus, you, are, you have the potential to be unbelievably fruitful. Every single one of us have. Fruitfulness is this process of cultivating, watering and fertilizing and weeding. and It's the process of the internal matters of our hearts. Fruitfulness doesn't just come overnight. I was in worship, I was thinking about that text in Isaiah 60 verse 22, where it says, I am the Lord and in its time I do this swiftly. So often people say there's a suddenly of God. There are suddenlies of God, but in its time, there's a suddenly of God. Because before the suddenly of God, you look back, the suddenly happens, suddenly it's there, but you look back and you see the preparation and the processes of God when you look back. Because God's been cultivating and working and getting you ready for the suddenly. 
and the swiftly in God. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So, so this idea of fruitfulness has got to do with guarding our hearts. It's got to do with cultivating our hearts. It's got to do with God allowing God, being with Jesus. It's got to do, uh, John chapter 15, there's a million texts right through. We're gonna look at them. John chapter 15, abide with me and you'll bear fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit. It's, 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 it's this process that we go through. And what happens is when we allow the Father to farm our hearts, we produce fruit. I think of Nick. He's into regenerative farming. Is Nick here? Nick. Where's Nick Snaith? Not here today. Nick Snaith, he's into um, regenerative farming. My, my niece on my brother's farm, they do regenerative farming. I drive up the field and I just check like weeds all over the farm. I check to my brother, listen, but when are you going to cut the grass, dude? He says, no, 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 you don't cut the grass now because you must cut the grass at a certain time, the seeds from that and this, the timing and this and that. And it's like regenerative farming. It's like you, got the farming father comes into our hearts and he does regenerative farming in our hearts and gets our hearts ready for fruitfulness. But can I say, friends, that we get to play a part in that because part of the deciding we get to do is what we plant in our hearts and what we don't. For you to have fruit, you've got to plant seed. If you don't sow, you're not gonna get a harvest. You will not have fruit if you don't sow. We're gonna talk about that over the next few weeks. But can I say this, what you don't want, you also don't want to put stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. Because what's going to happen, that's also going to produce fruit. Hilton did a, 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 a devotion a number, a end of last year. And he spoke about being stuck. And one of the things he says is we get stuck when we focus on things we can't change. When you focus on things we can't change. You know what the primary um, thing that gets us into that place? Social media. Because we watch YouTube tip, clip and TikTok clip and Instagram clip about what's happening in the country and what's happening in America and what's happening all over the world. We can't change a thing. And what happens is we begin to let it sow fear into our hearts. And then we produce a harvest of anger. Or apathy, because we just become... Friends, we've got to watch what we do with our inputs in a season of fruitfulness. Because if you sow into your heart... Guard your heart for above all things because it's the wellspring of life. We've got to guard our hearts. And I know what it's like because I'm also that guy. I can be there. I'm not talking out of, I'm talking out of experience here. You can think, oh, well, you know what? I just need to know what's going on in the world. No, you don't. Half of what you're looking at is not what's going on in the world. It's fake. 
Like we don't know what's really going on in the world. Only he does. So just look at him. Like just, it's, it just sows stuff into us. It affects us. It affects our parenting. It affects our workplace. It affects our energy. It affects everything. It affects our marriages. And all it is is because we're putting bad seed into our hearts. Be careful what we put into our hearts in a season that God's saying, be fruitful. Be careful. I know it's important what happens in America. But friends, who knows what's going to happen? Like that cannot be front and center of what's going on in our mind is what happens in the USA. Actually, what's happening in the kingdom of God right in front of me is more important. What's happening with Jesus in my life, in my heart right now is way more important, has way more significance. I can do something about it, number one. And actually I can shift something and encounter somebody and change something and change people's lives in that moment, not there. Sing, O barren woman. Burst into song. Burst into song. Break out in song. It's like you look at your barrenness and your fruitful, fruitlessness or the measure of fruit that you have. I'm saying, God, I have a measure of fruit. I want greater fruitfulness, Lord. I want greater fruitfulness. I want to see the kingdom of God come in and through my life in a greater measure, Lord. Please, Lord. Look at it and say, you don't look at it and say, oh God, where are you? What am I doing wrong? Jesus, are you real? And go back to social media and see what Donald Trump is saying next. No, break out in song, break out and say, God, thank you. You've shown me this measure. Lord, there's more. Lord, put it in me, Lord, shave Shape my heart and get me ready. Deal with the fear and the anxieties of my heart so that I can press on to more of you, Lord God. Because you're gonna see the next few verses, that's the thing that stops us from being fruitful, is fear. We get comfortable with the measure that we have and we're scared to lose what we have. And so we get fearful of taking hold of the next thing in God. Shout for joy, celebrate. In the midst of where you are, celebrate because the, our maker, we've got a new covenant partner. And it goes on to say in Isaiah 54, I will never leave you again like I did before. We have a new covenant reality, a new covenant partner in Jesus who's, who's ratified that covenant and made that covenant with God unbreakable because it depends on him, not on us. We just get to be in it in Christ. We get that, friends. So the measure of fruitfulness in our hearts, in our lives, is so dependent on how we're thinking about who we are and whose we are, as I keep saying. And we don't let fear grip our hearts. Please don't think I've got this all together. At three o'clock this morning, I woke up in a cold sweat thinking about buildings and all these things. Lay awake for an hour thinking, Lord. And you know what you think? I'm gonna completely mess this up. 40 years of history, such shame you're gonna carry. 
I'm telling you that because you think everybody does that, friends, including me. But again, you've got to come back and say, no, my covenant partner is my king. My covenant partner is my redeemer, the holy one. And so if, I, if he's for me, who can be against me? Sing, burst into song. Begin to worship. This is a season of worship, friends, where we're gonna have more moments of just worshiping in a service with no preaching. Friends, this is a season worship leaders and worship, we, you know the worship team, we are the worship team. This here on stage is the band that leads the worship team. We are the worship team of heaven, of worshiping the king on earth to the king. This is a season worship and songwriters write songs of new life. Sing, O barren woman, burst into song, celebrate for joy. For more are the children of the desolate woman, of the forsaken woman, of the abandoned woman, of the one that has no hope than the one who has a husband. It's counterintuitive, this kingdom of God. Begin to sow in praise. Begin to sow in song. Begin to sow in celebration. Begin to sow in prayer, friends. Begin to sow in prayer. Begin to sow in prayer. He hears our prayers. So in praise, we need to change our language. If you want fruitfulness in your marriage, change your language. Praise, language of praise is better, will produce fruit. A language of condemnation and guilt and is not gonna produce anything, it's gonna produce no fruit. It's gonna produce some fruit, but bad fruit. Fruit you don't want to eat of. Don't fear. Don't fear humiliation. Don't fear disgrace. Don't fear shame. It's the gospel. I've got you. To step into greater fruitfulness, we've got to deal with our fear. It's the greatest thing stopping us from moving into fruitfulness. Because fruitfulness needs faith. It needs faith for you to sing in the midst of barrenness. It needs faithfulness for you to sing and celebrate and do all of this in the midst of, Lord, this is what I've got and I can't see how it's gonna increase. Fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of not coping, fear of losing what we have. Part of the reason why we get so angry with the government because we can see them stealing what we feel like we've got and we're gonna lose. Gotta believe nations are on God's hands, not in government's hands. Like you gotta take faith that. Lord, please help us, sustain us, be with us. Goes on, it says, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch wide your tent curtains wide. Enlarge the place, enlarge the area. So you've got to imagine, God just said to her, you're going to have lots of children. Now you've got to build a bigger home. It's like when the spoon is moved from three to four to five, 
They couldn't just have like a normal car. Remember, they had a Uno. <laughs> then they had to get a bus. Had to get a bus because actually you've got to have like seven bodies in this five plus two. It's like you've got to have seven plus bags and school bags and it's like you've got to prepare for this. Actually, what I want you to do, he says, now what I want you to do, fruitfulness, again, it takes faith. Begin to enlarge and begin to stretch. Enlarge and stretch. The place, the, the home, your area of living. Enlarge your kingdom influence. In the, in the message, it says, spread out, think big. You're gonna need lots of elbow room. Eugene Peterson says in the, in the message. Part of it, friends, is that part of this season for us is us extending, it, it doesn't mean getting a bigger building, I don't think. But I think it's, in, in, for us as a church, it means increasing our kingdom influence. The end of last year, towards the end of last year, like October, September, October, I, I woke up one morning, I felt God said, plant in Elveston. You know where Elveston is, like by Shangweni there, by Asagan Hillcrest. And I thought, oh Lord, what, where, how, what, whatever. I read this. And I thought, Lord, you've spoken to me. Enlarge, enlarge, enlarge the place, enlarge the territory. We've done multi-sites before. Maybe this is gonna be, in, we're gonna be in a multi-site thing again. Multiple congregations. Planting, going, trips all over. Enlarge the place. You see, fruitfulness requires enlarged thinking. Enlarged hearts and an enlarged home. It's like we need bigger but not maybe a bigger building, but bigger thinking, bigger hearts. Stretch wide. Greater fruitfulness requires us to be stretched wide. You know when you first start stretching, it's so sore. So when you first start stretching, it's like, but then slowly but surely it's like, but then over time, eventually it's like, ah. It's, it's like stretching, it's, it takes time to stretch, but be stretched. If you're not stretching, you're not growing into greater fruitfulness. Our lives are always stretching, friends. God's always gonna be stretching us. It's a season of stretching. Stretch wide, your tent curtains wide. It's, it's like open the front door wide. Open the front door wide, Glenridge Church. Wider front door, greater, greater welcome, greater increase, greater, you, greater accessibility, greater. As we, as, I, as we started processing this, felt God say you need to start an evening meeting again. So evening, beginning of March, 5.30, meeting again. It's gonna be simple and it's gonna be powerful. Stretch wide. It's not time, you think, oh Lord, but geez, like I've just got comfortable with like one meeting and I mean, this me thinking, hey Lord. <laughs> no, 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 stretch wide. More leaders, more preachers, just 
You're going to need lots. You're going to need lots. Come, let's go. Home groups, simple things, friends, connecting. When you enlarge and when you stretch wide, you also have to lengthen and strengthen. Because remember, this is tents now. So if you've got a small tent, I've got my rope here. So if you've got a small tent, it's okay because you kind of just, you're that size, you know? And you have to be that long. But God says now, in- increase the place. Means the thing's got to go higher. Jesus always stays the center, but now you've got to have ropes and you've got to have cords that come off of Jesus and, and create this place, this home for people to be resident in. He says, increase the te- the, your tent cords, increase the, the, so what you do then is you build a bigger home and then suddenly you've got to have bigger cords. So now you've got much bigger cords because you've got a bigger home and bigger things and oopsie lengthen lengthen it's a season of lengthening friends being more inclusive having more space lengthen your cords every single person that calls Glenridge home is a cord connected to Jesus ultimately but playing a part in this in this home Whatever that means for you, allow God to lengthen you. Not just that, he says strengthen. He says strengthen your stakes. The things are the, those are the things that put you down into the ground. So lengthen them, but also strengthen them. Get bigger stakes. Your values, your truths have got to go deeper into the ground. Because now you're carrying a bigger load, you're carrying a bigger span. There's more people, there's more. Again, friends, all by the grace of God. You see, fruitfulness is abundance in God. It's not hard work, it's fruitfulness. It just grows, like it just happens. If you've positioned yourself for fruitfulness. If you try to do fruitfulness by hard work, then you try to sustain fruitfulness by hard work. You kill yourself, you burn yourself out. Strengthen and lengthen. Strengthen and lengthen. The cords have got to do with our relationships. Got to strengthen our relationships, home groups, small groups, our groups, all these things. They're part of, it's part of our relational processes. Pulling them together, getting to know each other. God is a, notice it's a husband and a wife. It's a family, this thing. It's relational. Make more space for Jesus. Be more inclusive. Don't hold back. And I love, I absolutely love that line. That line is for me. I own it. That's why when I said it, when I read it, I like, do not hold back. Greater fruitfulness requires you not to hold back. Because when you hold back, you're not trusting God. Do not hold back. Trust God. Do not hold back. Depend on Him. You will not be put to shame. Don't worry about 
Shame, disgrace. Do not worry about your reputation. Do not worry about all the things that can go wrong. Don't kill this thing in the planning stage. You shoot it there, oh no, so I can't. Just do it. Let God do it. If God's saying it, just do it. Let him take care of the details and then begin to put the plans in place as they, as they begin to go, as they begin to move. Don't withhold from God what he's asking of you in this season. Don't hold back from God what he's asking you to do. Don't hold back because you were hurt before. Don't hold back because you were burnt out before. Don't hold back, just do it differently. The correction to bad use is not non-use. The correction to bad use is right use. God has more than enough for us, friends. I finish with this illustration. Ronald Rollhauser, he's a Catholic um, father. He's a contemplative guy. He's like a Eugene Peterson or Dallas Willard, come from that kind of school of thought. Deeply teaches people to walk with Jesus and to be intimate with Jesus. And he says this in the development of, of human beings. He says we go from childish ways where we're naive, think of a two-year-old just doing their thing. Haven't got a clue. And then slowly but surely, we, as we grow up, we become more and more sophisticated. And then what happens is the world is enamored with sophistication. Sophisticated thinking, sophisticated books. The more books you can quote it, the more books you can quote when you're preaching that are sophisticated. Oh, Stand you so well read. Doesn't matter how well read you are, friends. Jesus is not reading your heart. Doesn't matter how well read you are. Not reading the Bible doesn't matter how well read you are. Just sophistication. Sophisticated homes and sophisticated attitudes and sophisticated talks. And he, and he says what happens is we move from child, childish to Sophistication. It says, but the Bible and Jesus, the kingdom of God asks you to take another step. He asks you to move from childish ways to grow into a sophisticated thing, but you've got to take another step. It's called childlikeness, not childishness. Where you can put aside your sophisticated thinking and you can adopt a simple walk with the father like you're a son or a daughter walking with your dad in dependence on him. My kids have got absolutely no problem with letting me know that they are going on a water polo tour and it's gonna cost five grand. Dad, oh, by the way, we're going, hey, Joburg, and it's going to cost two and a half grand, and uh, thanks so much. If you can just pay it by then. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, which dad are you talking to here? What?
And partly is they just it's father-son relationship. It's the kind of relationship that I think God actually wants us to have with him. It's childlike. It's childishness without the naivety and the, the childishness of that thing. It's a, it's a sense of maturity. It's a sense of I kind of understand things better, but I still walk very humbly and dependent on my father. I think people that can move into that place become very fruitful because the father farms their heart and produces fruit. The ways of the spirit are fruitful. The ways of God are fruitful. Sing. This is a moment to sing. This is a moment to rejoice. This is a moment to break out. This is a moment to celebrate. Enlarge and stretch. Lengthen and strengthen so that God can be the God he wants us to know him as, a God of fruitfulness.